we haven't really announced this yet. I did a little story on our Instagram, but Brad and I have done some talking and we've decided like with this recent break we've had in the podcast, where we're at in our life, what we've got going on, we've kind of wanted to rebrand the podcast a little bit. Welcome back, guys. Another episode. It's been a long time, but uh, we're, we're here. We got a lot to talk about, dude. Welcome back to the podcast. A lot to talk about. Yeah, we. I think I think we're gonna hit the full uh, Brad JJ spectrum tonight. We're gonna talk a little physical fitness, a little bit of money, a little bit of investing, debate on dividends, the huge. <laughs> talk about where J where in the world is Carmen Buckner these days? <laughs> oh man, man, no doubt. So much, so much, and I think we're gonna start off. This is muy importante. We finally made a designated time that we are going to record every week. We are going going from our usual, hey, you want to you record tonight? Are you available tonight? <laughs> and then something happens to, we, we have a job to do. The, the listeners need us. And we are able to do that, which I think is a good place to start. You are officially a Floridian. Did you change your driver's license yet? Like, are you really official? No, I'm not that official. All right. So you still have, you still have, you still have Missouri plates. I do. Yeah. So every time I'm driving, everybody's like, go back to Missouri. Get the hell out of here. I live here now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a local. I'm a local. I'm a local. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know when we're going to do that. Cause honestly, do we just bought freaking tags for our license in Missouri that are two years. Uh, they, they don't ex- expire for another uh, two years. So I'm just like, uh, do I just leave them on there? Like, I don't really want to spend the money if I don't need to, you know, but I don't so know how did you read? Okay. Well, we're just going to zag all over the place. Well, for, that's fine. How did you register your new toy? Then we'll talk. Don't tell, say what your new toy is yet, but how did you, do you that thing needs a license plate now? I, I, yeah, I have a title for it and I have to go get a license and like insurance and stuff. I just haven't done it yet. But it's going to be under Florida or it's going to be under Missouri? It'll be Florida. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause like we technically have a Florida address now. Okay. So to catch people up, your house in Missouri is sold. Like you can't go back there. Money is in the bank. Okay. And that process went smoothly, which is interesting because how many transactions happen in real estate that don't involve brokers or agents? I don't know. That'd be a good stat to know, but I don't really don't know. I'm like not sure. what you just did. I'm terrified of like you sold the house. Be- okay. Go. Yeah. Go tell, me, tell me the quick, I know the pros and the cons and yeah. I feel like when you list the pros and the cons, not I'm saying you, when anybody lists the pros and the right. cons, they sound like a whole life insurance policy salesman. You know, it's it just like, you save the money, like this, that, and the other thing. But I personally, and I also love my real estate agent. Like we're friends, so that's easier. But oh, I, would, dude, I, would, I don't even know where to start. Like, aren't you free? There's got to be liabilities and stuff in selling a house and laws to break that a real estate agent like can protect you from. No, no, not really. I mean, you just got to make sure everything written on a contract and. You know, like any change you have needs to be an addendum to the contract and um, just communicate well with your sellers. I mean, really, dude, it like when you fir- when you look at it, like on the outside looking in, it does look like a pretty daunting task. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to look into. There's a lot of steps to go through. But really, like looking back at it now, and this is the second time I've done like, you know, for sale by owner. For the time that it's spread out from when you go under contract to when you're closing and signing those papers, it's there's a lot of downtime in there. You know, there there may be a couple nights where you're like on the computer for you know a little bit putting some stuff together, but it really isn't that bad. Like once you get the property like under contract, like I would feel I would say probably marketing and like hoping you get a seller is probably the hardest part. Like once you have a seller, everything is kind of in order. You you know, if you've been through the ropes on buying a house already, you know what to do. You know, yeah, I, I guess mean, access of, like, access to a buyer pool is definitely a pro of an agent. Yes, I would say marketing is where for sale by owners lack. Right. Um, 
But luckily, you know, that's the one thing I didn't need because the town I lived in at the time when I listed our property, there was zero inventory. We were the only property on the market. There's only three houses in a hundred square mile radius. <laughs> the person, the person so, that bought your house had to be related to somebody because nobody knew was fucking coming to the area. Well, actually, you probably uh, dated the girl being, in high school that bought your house. Well, the funny thing is, is so the 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 younger couple that bought our house, very sweet couple, by the way, their mom and dad lives right down there, the street. There, there. it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. So, yep, it worked. It did work out well, though, for us and them. Sell went easy. The buyers were excellent to work with. Did um, they have an agent on their side? So that's the funny part is at first they did. But whenever they found out about that, see, this is the crazy part, dude. I didn't even put pictures up. I didn't list it on Zillow or anything. I just posted a, a, a little, you know, a little post on our local, um, our town's like Facebook page. And I was like, Hey, you know, we're listing the house for sale. I listed like, you know, did some dotted points of like what we, you know, some like good features about the house or whatever. And, uh, listed the, the list price, um, and some other details about it. And then, uh, I, I had like, I had a lot of people reach out that first week. Uh, and I, I, I priced it not like I didn't price it low, but I priced it competitive to where I knew people were. I knew I knew the price range in that area that I, I wanted to people to like call me. And basically, what happened, dude, is you know I didn't have any pictures. I even put like pictures coming soon just to get like the word out that the the house was for sale. Right now, if I was in a bigger area, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, if I was in like where I am now in Florida, I would have had like professional pictures done. I would have had the whole nine yards done before I even posted anything about the house for sale. But since where I was where I was at, and I knew my town, and I knew kind of the area really well, I was okay doing that. Um, found buyers. A few people came and looked at it. Had multiple offers. Went with these buyers. Um, we ended up, you know, the house sold for twenty thousand more than what we asked for. Um, and I mean, that's all she wrote, dude. Like it was, it wasn't really bad. If it, if anything, like if there's people out there listening who are like thinking about doing a for sale by owner type deal, I would say find a good title company because they're going to be your best friend. They're the I don't one even that know what that like means. Hold. I don't even know what that. That's means. where you do the closing. Like when okay. you go to close in the house and that you get their check, that's at the title company. Oh, okay. So like. They do everything for you. They do all legal paperwork. They make everything set. They check all of the, you know, title stuff on the house and the deed and make sure there's no like liens or anything or stuff like that. And uh that's that's basically it, dude. And I just, you know, I'd call her every like once a week, checking in, like, hey, everything's looking good. And then I was in communication with the buyers because they were first time home buyers. They were young, a young couple. And uh, oh, to answer your question about the realtor. So they had a realtor. And then the realtor called me like right after we said we were getting ready to go under contract. We were still like wheeling and dealing and negotiating. And she called me and she's like, Hey, my buyers came, looked at the property, blah, 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 blah. Are you open? Are you good? Are you giving uh buyer's agents a commission? And I said, no, because I knew I didn't need to. Now, if I was in a bigger area like Florida, I would probably offer a buyer's commission because then that's going to entice realtors to bring their, their clients to look at my property. Yeah. Since I was in a small... Money, yeah. yeah, but since I was in a small area, there was no inventory. I knew this house was going to sell. I I didn't need to pay for the buyer's agent. I didn't need to do that. So to be clear, when when both parties have an agent, mm-hmm. the agent of the seller is that's the person getting paid, and then there's kind of like this mutual agreement between the seller's agent and the buyer's agent that they'll split that. Isn't isn't like that? But like both agents don't automatically get paid. No, they both get paid. Really? So they, they both get yeah, they both get paid. So the the seller, um, the seller is in charge of paying both the buyer's commission as well as the seller agent's commission, which is generally around six percent. Okay. But then why wouldn't that agent make any money then? Because I didn't offer a commission payment. Right. So you are essentially the buy you are essentially the seller's agent. That wasn't going to give them money. So the seller's agent can refuse money to the buyer's agent. Well, no, whenever you're using agents, that's part of the deal. Like when you uh, use an agent, you the agents earn a commission when the deal's done. Oh, but I, since I, I, wasn't using, I was under the impression that the that only one side did and the other side didn't mm-hmm. have to. Like no, that's not if true. you are a buying agent, you're rolling the dice and depending on the seller's agent. 
No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact check that. It might be different okay. in different, different states. It might be different in different it states. It could be. It could be. Because I, yeah, I, no. Whenever you, whenever you use an agent in a transaction for real estate, both agents are going to earn a commission. Okay. Yeah, I want to see if that's because, like I said, I, I'm kind of friends with my agent, so maybe he was. I'm going to get. I'm going to get him on the phone and record him, and he's not even going to know it. I'm going to record him without his permission. But no, I, I, that's cool. And mm-hmm. um, so now you, so now you bought a house in Florida, then. Well, so I well, hang on, I didn't finish oh, that. So the realtor oh, yeah. called me. Oh, and she's like, Hey, I, I noticed my buyers just, just came and looked at your house and they seem interested. Are you going to be offering a buyer's commission? And I said, no, unfortunately I'm not sorry. And she got real pissed at me. And she's like, well, you probably need to be offering buyer's commissions. And I was like, listen, lady, like I'm not, I'm not going to be a dick here, you know, but like, <laughs> I just don't like when people get real catty with me, like right off the jump when they don't even know anything about, and I was just, you know, I kind of let her out. Like, I don't, I don't need to like. Did you go to New York? That's the whole point of the reason why I'm doing this by myself. What'd you say? You went to New York on her. I did go to New York on her. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you bought a house in Florida? No, not yet. Nope. We're (laughs) renting. Now, let me ask you this. There was a mad rush to find a house. You flew down there. It was crazy. Yep. Has that mad rush continued? Or now that you at least know that you're there and you're going to be rented for a little bit, have you slowed down the search? I wouldn't necessarily say we've slowed down um, because like if a, if a good deal pops up, we jump on it right away. Right. Um, the, the reason for, and I'll be straight up honest with you, the reason for the kind of like, uh, I guess, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but like not rushing into something yeah, is because I really think prices are going to come down. Okay. Because yeah. I've really been studying the market we're in, in this certain County, in this certain area of the County. And I've seen what prices have listed for and then what they've sold for. And list price is always way higher than what they actually sell for. Mm -hmm. Some of the properties in the neighborhood we're looking at, there's a specific neighborhood I've been studying for like 90 days, 120 days maybe. And in that neighborhood, these properties are sitting for months. I mean, we're talking 90 plus days on some of these properties because the sellers still think it's six months ago whenever interest rates were still at 3% and people were, you know, knocking on doors to see if they could buy their house and they would have six different multiple offers all over asking, no inspection, no appraisal. It's not like that anymore. There's, there's, this market is not like that. So the properties are listing. So for example, there's a house we really like. They started listing their house back in the beginning of March. It's now almost the beginning of May. So we're talking about 60 days. They listed it at 600,000. Now it's down to 564 and they're still sitting on the market. That house needs to drop another about 50,000 to be like competitive. If you're in like the high fours, low fives, your house will sell quick. Did you make an offer 50, 50 grand less? On a different property we did. Oh, okay. It was 40 grand less and we negotiated and just, we couldn't come to an agreement. And now you wanted to really come and, up too high. And then you're going to get 61 day off of them, 60 grand off. Cause it's going to keep going down. I hope, I hope so. I mean, it, it, it could not, you know, I could be wrong and, and, you know, but I really do think because interest rates are going back up again. Yeah. Um, and I think with that, it's going to push out even more sellers. And luckily Lindsay and I have a good chunk of change to put down on the house. So it's going to lower our mortgage payment, um, to where we can't afford a property in that price range. But I really think if we stick it out a little bit, we'll be able to save about 50 to 60,000. Is the lack of inventory what's keeping houses so high right now like nobody wants to sell their house i think there's see that's a tough question because like where i'm where i came from from missouri that was low inventory to where here i feel like there's i wouldn't say there's an abundance but there's definitely choices okay like there's properties on the market right now that i mean the neighborhood i that we Lindsay and i want to live in i mean in our price range like there's properties over our price range but in our price range I can count. There's at least, I think, eight different properties for sale in this oh. one little neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. So, so, how do you negotiate a lease with your current landlord when you could be out at any moment? Are you doing month to month? Like, how would they? Great, because aren't most leases going to be a year? Yeah, most of them are. So yeah. that's the other thing, dude. Rental properties are sitting vacant for a while down here too because they're so high. Really. Yeah. So in this spot where we're at, it's a little loop. It's all like townhomes. We're living in a townhome right now. There was like seven different, seven or eight different townhomes that are open for rent. And I called like two or three of them 
And they all, I could, I could tell they all kind of were like willing to negotiate with me because they want, they wanted that vacancy filled. So luckily I found this guy. He's been excellent. Great to work with. He's actually the manager of like the owner. Um, great guy. I even said we, he like, we talked one day and he like loves dividends and stuff like that. And like, he has like six properties themselves. And anyways, we were like talking and stuff. And, uh, so I was able to negotiate with him. I'm like, Hey, listen, here's our ordeal. This is what we're looking at. When we first talked to him, we got him down a few hundred bucks and, and we were going to sign a six month lease, you know, no pet fee, like a couple other things waived. And then I called him back. I was like, Hey, how about this? I said, we really need the flexibility more than this, you know, two hundred dollars savings a month. I said, "Would you guys be willing to do a a month to month rental, and then I'll pay you an extra two hundred bucks a month to have that flexibility?" And they said, "Yeah, that's fine." So nice, yeah. So you know, right now, dude, like it's you know, I couldn't have done that six months ago or a year ago. No way, no mm-hmm. way could I've done that. Times are changing in the real estate market. I'm I'm figuring out that at least down here in Florida, I don't know about other markets. Yeah. Right. But where we're at, so exciting stuff. A lot more going up, on though, dude. More, yeah. more updates to come. Yeah, have yeah, of course. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting, and I'm just ready to get a house though. Like you know, like we don't have a couch, we don't have a kitchen table. Like we're kind of like roughing it right. Now. I mean, not, we're not roughing it, but you know, like <laughs> roughing it in a four hundred thousand dollar townhome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's. We don't, we're, we're, uh, because we left all of our furniture and shit back home in Missouri. The buyers bought that. I'm furniture. never, I'm never moving ever. Oh, it sucks, dude. Dude, my dad, I feel like if my dad's listening, like, shout out, dad, like, you rocked it. Like, we left after closing. So I went, to, so like, we packed up all of our stuff in the U Haul, had a, la- a few last minute things. My dad and I had to pack. We threw our mattresses in the U Haul. And then drove the U-Haul with the G6 tie, you know, on the trailer behind the U-Haul, parked it at a gas station. My dad and I drove in. I had the dog on my lap. I was sitting Indian style because we had shit all on the floorboard. He drove me into the title company. Crisscross applesauce. Huh? Crisscross applesauce. You were sitting crisscross applesauce. You live on the Why East Coast. Why not Indian style? You because you live on the East Coast. What the hell does that mean? Continue your story. You were sitting crisscross applesauce. I don't call it that though. Why can't you call it Indian style? You can call it that. It's just uh, not the most appropriate way. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> he's, he's got nothing to do with this. I know. I mean, whatever. <laughs> if that hurts your feelings, you got some issues. Um, <laughs> okay. So you're so sitting, anyways, you're sitting Indian style and yeah, I'm sitting Indian style in my car and my dog's on my lap. And I, so we pull in, we, we do closing, get all that done, sign the paper. Lindsay takes a check to the bank. I go to the U-Haul. My dad and I take off. It's like nine o'clock in the morning, central time. We drive from here to Jacksonville. And again, we're driving a little slower because we got the U-Haul fully packed down. I got pulling the trailer with the car on it. And we don't get in here until 4.30 at night, or I guess the next morning. So we just pull the mattresses out. We drove all the way through, pull the mattresses out, pulled them up here, put one in my dad's where the kids sleep now and one in my room. He goes to sleep for an hour. I go to sleep for an hour. We wake up at 6.30. And then we start unloading the U-Haul because my dad has to catch his flight that next day by 2 o'clock. So we had like three hours to unload and like kind of like just put all the shit in the house. And we got that done. We were able to go eat at Cracker Barrel for like 40 minutes right by the airport. Got my dad at the airport in time. Dude, I'll be honest with you. Like it sounded like it sucks and it did, but everything from when we put the house under contract until we moved in here, we really had zero hiccups, which smooth as a baby's ass. Thank the good Lord above. I mean, he was looking down on us on this whole ordeal because, I mean, you know, dude, I was pretty stressed about the whole, I I was just worried about people backing out of the deal. I was worried about the buyers, like, you know, canceling on everything. And then, you know, I was worried about the U-Haul breaking down, like, you know, everything going wrong and it it, it went well, dude. Good. I'm, I'm glad I've been sleeping a lot better lately. I'll tell you that. Nice. So enough about me. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, what else is helping you sleep better? I do. How's your sobriety, bud? It's good, dude. Like, 
So today's, I don't know the, if, today's the 28th. Yep. 28 days. I haven't had a drink of liquor, which is probably the longest it's been for me since uh, I would probably guess college. Um, maybe even high school. And because I drink a lot in college too. The beginning of the month, you said, I'll go the month of April. And yep. I said, oh, I said, great. That's great news. It is. It, are you going to, are you going to push it or are you, are you ready to get back on the wagon? So here's the, here's the thing. Um, my drinking will now probably consist of only for social events. Okay. So I probably won't be doing like the, you know, drinking at dinner with the fam. That's probably not going to happen anymore. Uh, maybe occasionally, but like I used to do it every time I'd go, I'd, I'd order a beer. Um, so I probably won't really like Lindsay made a comment tonight when we went out for Mexican. She's like, Oh wow. I get to drive home. That's nice. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> You've been that guy um, at Mexican for the last 20 years. <laughs> seriously. Every time we went to Mexican, I'd order, you know, margaritas, multiple margaritas. Would, yeah. yeah. And Lindsay would drive home. Um, so yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's been great. I'll be honest with you, man. It, it's my sleep's better. I'm more productive. I, 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 I wake up feeling good. You know, I, I don't, I haven't had one morning in April that I woke up feeling like shit. Right. I, um, I don't know. I just, overall, I feel good. I do miss drinking. I will say that. Right. Like at social events, I miss it. I do. Social, yeah, it's, um, fun. it's fun. Yeah. So like, we're having to get together with some friends of ours. We met when we lived down here last year and we're getting together on Cinco de Mayo. So I'm going to have some margaritas. Yeah. That's going to be my first time to drink. Uh, oh, since nice. I, so I won't drink the first week of May besides right. the fifth. And then who knows how long I'll go after that, you know? Yeah. It- and like, for example, another example, when we go to the beach, I kind of crave some beers every now and then I'm going to pick up some NAs. I'm not getting, I'm not getting like regular beers. Look at this one. Oh, dude, that's see, that's something I need right there. Lagunitas. That's perfect. IPNA. Well, I'm you know what's been my saving grace? My Heinekens. The the Stellas have been my saving grace. I'm a big Stella guy. Yeah. And I found those once we got down here to Florida. And dude, like I'll, for anybody out there who is like, maybe you are struggling with alcohol, or maybe you just kind of do what I wanted to do, take a month off just to see how it feels. Brad, you're the one that kind of led me on to this. I am shocked how sometimes when I get like a little craving at night, I'm like, man, I really just want a beer. And I'll go open an NA and drink that. Cures it. Yeah. Completely cures it. Because I like beer. I don't that's, that's drink been my to get problem. Drunk. Like, yeah. Like I, I own a brewery. Yes. Because I like to make beer and I like to drink it. Like I like the taste and the craft. The taste, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, NAs, NAs have been... Game change. Oh, it's a dude, a hundred percent. Like, I will for sure keep NAs in the fridge more than I'll keep regular beer in the fridge. Yeah. Strictly because I don't want I don't need the buzz. Right. I don't need I'm not drinking to get drunk. And also I don't want to wake up feeling like shit because you know I how, how I am sometimes. I may drink two, three beers and wake up with beer shits, you know? And then my run's ruined for the next morning. You know what I mean? So like I don't want to do that. So now with this whole running thing we got going on, which that's a whole nother ordeal, bro. Yep. We got to talk about that, but let's save that for a little bit. That like my runs have been just incredible. My body feels good, which I kind of knew my body was going to feel better not drinking. Like you're not putting poison in your body. Um, but out of everything, I would say everything is a pro. The only con is just the social events that I do miss. Um, yeah. And there's been a few like fish fries and stuff I went to where I was like, Sending you other, but even that though, dude, with the NA, it still cured it. And then I get home at night, I'm not like going to bed, and I wake up, and you know, I'm I'm cooking breakfast for the fam, or I'm I'm folding laundry out of the dryer, or I'm up, you know, doing emails at five thirty in the morning because I'm not feeling like shit, and I'm out of bed, and I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm enjoying. It. I'm like, damn, this feels nice. So there will be social events that I'll keep drinking NAs at, and I don't even have to tell anybody. No one's asking about it. I, that's the biggest thing for me. I worried about how my social life would be affected. And, you know, I've heard the quote, uh, that you'll stop worrying so much about what people are thinking about you when you realize how seldom they do. And so good, you know, and it's, yeah, I was like, Oh man, what if they question me? What if they ask? And then like they ask and then, 
you know you're going to say you're not drinking tonight, but you're already thinking about the rebuttal to what they're going to say to you. And then they're just like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, you got to run tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, you, you got a bike ride? And yeah, they, they, do, they, don't, they don't care. And with all the different types, like, you know, I have happy hour every Friday and I'm still having it and all my friends come over and they still drink and it's great. But I'm drinking the Lagunitas the first time tonight and my buddy comes in. He's like, no, dude, you drink it again? And I was like, another NA. He's like, let me have it. And then we had to go back and get some more. Because like, yeah, it's there are those people. And we're opposite sides of the spectrum as far as drinking. Like, I, yeah. I don't have the healthy relationship that you have. And uh, that's why it has to be all or nothing. Because in true alcoholic fashion, like, the first sip is the sip that gets me drunk. So it's it, there is no, like, let's try it. Or it's either I'm going to go back and I'm going to drink like I used to or I'm not. The, the, that's mm-hmm. it for me. And yeah. yeah, nobody tends to care, but the NAs, even for me, because the taste is one thing, but you're just, you become accustomed to having something in your hand at the beach. Or Absolutely. That was my around, biggest thing. Walking around a party with something in your hand. And I tried doing the seltzer out, but seltzers is overcarbonated for me. Like made me more full mm-hmm. than beer. I don't know if you know that, but like beer is carbonated different than seltzer. And like, yeah, there was, there was, it, it cured so many different social things for me. I'm a sipper. Like I, 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 I'm the, like, I like to sip as I'm talking, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like a nice pause or whatever. It's like to get the awkwardness out and then you go back to whatever you're talking about. And it's, um, but then I, there's something else I wanted to mention too, with the NAs is most of like, I had them at a few different social events back home. And two of the times people didn't even realize I was drinking NAs. Yeah, you know, they were just like, what are you drinking? And I was like, oh, it's a Heineken. They're like, oh, cool. You know, that's it. Whatever. You know, I didn't even yeah. say it was an NA. I was just like, yeah, Heineken. Yeah. So, and I will say, because I, I know what I used to think when I heard people having the conversation we're having, I just want to, and I, I put this on Twitter today. I said, I just want you to know that like, I'm not telling you to be sober. All I'm right. telling you is that if you want to be sober and you need someone to talk to about it, I'm here. That's the reason we're talking about it. I'll say this. Because people have reached out and DM'd me that like I never would have. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be bad cop on this one. I would say try try a month. Like take a month off to test yourself because that's why I did it. I mean, I saw what you were doing and stuff and it kind of inspired me a little bit. And I was like, man, I, I probably need to try that. And I'm glad I did, dude, because from how I, JJ on March 30th, or like March 20th, whenever we did our little last episode of talking about the sobriety and stuff versus JJ now, nine day difference on liquor and alcohol. Yeah. Like my thoughts on it and like what I want to like, cause like back then I would have been like, hey, yeah, do a month and I'll go back to doing, doing what I was doing. No way, dude. I'm going to, my whole, my whole life changed from that one month. I will be drinking a lot less. And the NAs was probably one of the biggest game changers of this 30 day of being uh, sober. I agree 100%. Like even, even being plant-based, like having plant-based real options makes life, it, it's much easier to be a vegan these days than it was yeah. even 10 years ago. I ain't doing that though. Have we, um, nah, have we spoke since I, have we spoke since I got injured? When was that last episode? Uh, oh shit. I don't remember if we've been injured, but I wanted to bring up your race. Okay. Yeah. Did we talk about that? I'm looking at, I'm going no, I don't at, think I'm, we've, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't think we've talked about your 50K. March 28th. So it was right after I got hurt. I got to go back and listen to that. Uh, that. Uh, oh, yeah. Me too. I, I got to go back and listen to that episode because that might have been... If it was March 28th, I was still running the mile streak. I hadn't quit. Oh, no. you We definitely... You were still doing the mile streak when we talked last. Yeah. All right. So we, let's, let's go check ahead people in on spill that. Spill the beans. All right. So... I had a 50K scheduled, which is 60. No, 50K is 32 miles scheduled for April 15th. So the last time we spoke, it, it was because we recorded. I let it out the next day. So that would have been March 27th. On the 25th, I sprained my ankle in the last 30 seconds, literally, of a five-hour run slash hike through the mountains, 14 miles. And the reason we did that is because my wife is doing a race actually this weekend, uh, coincidentally. So we went up to preview the course because we had heard that it's the most difficult half marathon in the Northeast. So we went and did it, sprained my ankle right at the end. And I've sprained my ankle a couple of times. It's been like just, sprain your ankle sucks, especially when you're running. 
And I'd sprained my ankle back in October and I continued through the mile streak. Not a great idea, whatever. This ankle sprain just felt different. It was on the other ankle. It just felt different. And I said, I'm going to try and run on this still. And I went back and looked at my last ankle sprain. I was still running the miles at like 1045, but this dude, I was barely staying under 12 minutes per mile and it hurt. And the next day it hurt more. And then by Thursday, I couldn't even go to work. I called my brother who had told me obviously to go to the doctor a week ago and stop running because he's an ortho. I finally was like, dude, you got to got to get me in, see somebody. And he's like, dude, I, I don't, yeah, I'll try. You know, I was like, I called out of work. I can't even walk and got an MRI, bad bone contusion, which was a pain I've never felt. I'd felt sprains, but I'd never felt a bone bruise before. And my race was three weeks away. And I went back and forth between I'm not going to be able to race and I'm going to get better and I'm going to race. And the, the biggest downplay for me was I've done a lot of cool endurance races in my life, but I've never really put in a training for it. I always just did it with general fitness or survived it. And I had not missed an effing training day for six months. I was fitter than I've ever been. I was breaking PRs in 5K. I was breaking 5K and 10K PRs just in training in the middle of a an 18 mile run, I would I would PR my half marathon. Like I was just getting really, really fit. And I really started to think I can perform really, really well at this race. Like I'm like looking at my age group and I'm like, I might want to try and like take that down. And now it was, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to hike it. And about I was on crutches for a couple of days. I stayed off it. I had to end the mile streak. 283 days. It was going to be June 21st. Damn, it was going to be over. And it wasn't so much ending the mile streak, but ending the mile streak when I've had COVID twice, I had the flu. I drove cross country to Colorado. I stayed in Colorado for two weeks. I drove cross country back. I stayed with you. I've ran in nine different states. I've sprained an ankle. I've run. Meaning while you, Meaning doing all that, you yeah, still kept during, the mile streak alive. During yeah. the streak, yeah. Like I'd run at midnight. I'd run at three in the morning. I'd run in the snow and the sl- I the ending of the mile streak was more like shit, I had thirty-five other opportunities to quit this. And like this is the thing that's gonna take me out. But Jay, I'll tell you when it ended. What? Like I that last night when I was watching, like I could still go out. I could still go out. When it got to midnight mm. and it was officially over. It was a little feeling of relief. It really was. Oh, really? Yeah, I felt relieved. I even now that I'm, when I'm jogging again now, like I joked on Strava the other day, and I put like Mile Streak Day One, and a bunch of people were like, "Oh, you getting back on the streak?" Yeah, I'm like, "Nah, dude, I'm not running tomorrow." <laughs> like, no, nah, I, I was joking. I don't think I'll go back, but I didn't run um, until April 15th. I I got to the point where I could walk. So I knew that I could at least hike it, but there's a cutoff in races. Like you don't get a finish. I mean, you can go the distance, but you don't get a finish. Well, hang on. You're talking about the 50 K now, right? The 50 K. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, even on, so the race was on Saturday on Thursday. I said to Tara, no. And by Thursday night, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then Friday I was like, no. And, uh, <clears throat> and I went, and helped. Uh, do I just got, I'm not choking up, guys. I just got something in my throat. <laughs> He's crying about this. Um, <laughs> so I called up the race director, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to race, dude. But I want to help. Like I want to be a part of the race and feel like I did something. Let me go mark the course. He's like, you got a mountain bike. I got a mountain bike. So I went and uh, went on a 20 mile mountain bike ride, and I went out on a trail. You have to mark the course with these little like landscaping flags to follow your whole way. So I did 10 miles of that on the mountain bike, got home to the tire. Like, yeah, the mountain bike ride, like it didn't feel great. Even riding a bike. I set my alarm for 4am just to like, see if I could magically get out of bed, got up at 4am. It hurt. I put myself into denial. I'm like, I'm going to hike it until the cutoff, whatever. I wrapped it good. I got to the start line and I literally, I was afraid because Tyra's like, why don't you go practice running now on Friday? I'm like, if I do that, 
I'm going to know for sure if I can do it or not. I'd mm-hmm. rather find out at the start light, all dressed mm-hmm. up, no place to go, nipples taped, lube everywhere, like ready to rock, my little finger toe socks. And uh, I started jogging. I was like, it sucks, but I think, I think we can move. I think we can get this shit done under the cutoff. And I walked a bunch and I power hiked a bunch and I probably jogged. It looked more like a shuffle. But um, got myself to the line, man. I uh, got myself well, to talk the, about the ending. The ending is the best part. Um, well, oh, with my brother. Not well, that too. But oh, and I carry my, carrying my kids across the finish line. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was I was trying to break. Well, initially, I'll give you some context. I was probably most likely going to run this race in about five hours, give or take ten minutes. Four fifty to five ten. And, what is that a mile? Like uh, 13 like, minutes or something? No, less than like 10, 10 change. Like I think okay. five hours is probably like 930. So okay. between 930 and 10 minute pace, I was going to average. And um, I finished in seven hours, seven hours, three minutes. But I, pat, I passed eight people in the last three miles. Um. I was having a pretty low stretch after I crossed the marathon and I was like, wow, I've never run this far. I'm now an ultra marathoner. Oh, it's so cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. But that that's 26.2 miles by 26.4 miles. I was back in a hole and I was like, I can't make it. And I walked, uh, all of the 26th mile, 18 minute pace, all of the, um, all of the 27th mile, 18 minute pace and all the 28th mile, 18 minute pace. And I saw my brother, he surprised me. He's like, come on, man. You got, we got emotional for a second. I told him everything hurts. He goes, yeah, you have a broken ankle. And I was like, we got this. <laughs> and like, he like gave me a hug. And, uh, I ran in the last four miles at like under 10, 15 pace, like 10 Oh five, 10 Oh nine. And I passed a poop ton of people and I'm coming up to the photographer. There's like you a guy that, the shit poop. Yeah. Uh, there's like a guy, uh, taking pictures usually. And I was, I was trying to pass P I was going for it. I was trying to finish strong. And I was like, is there anybody behind me? He's like, no. So I stopped walking. I, I stopped running. I turned around. And there was like, nobody there. Like I, I could have like, I could have seal crawled in and nobody would have caught me. And uh, yeah, my, my kids came like running just like right out of a movie came oh, like running, so cool. came running from the finish shoot to me. And like, I just freaking scooped them up after seven hours and 33 miles and I took like five or six steps with them. Like, shit, I picked these kids up pretty far from the finish line. <laughs> That's like, I can't put them down now. And I literally like, all right. It was probably 50 yards, dude. The picture, oh, that, I, man. The, the picture that I posted on Instagram on the Brad Finn runs, like it, you can see it. The finish lines, it, the bokeh, like the blurriness of the finish line. It's you can't, you don't even know it's a finish line. It just looks like a blue blob. That's how much. That, that's how much out of focus the background is. And uh, I got him across the finish line. I just like freaking dropped him. You know, like. <laughs> and then I did my old crawl to the side where you could hear people being like, "Is he okay?" And Tara does the. He's either he's either gonna throw up or poop. He's either gonna throw up or poop. Like she just knows that crawl of, of mine by now. And, uh, no that's so cool though dude like no it was i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you man like you have motivated the shit out of me over the past six months to just like you know to 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 no drinking for a month to me training for a half marathon to which i'm all like i'm also doing that for myself obviously but that's the whole reason i started is just because like I see you do these races. I see you, your improvements and what your, how, how much of a change your body's made and how much better you, I've seen your runs progress from whenever you were running, you know, eight, nine months ago to where your times are now. As I was just like, Holy shit, this is incredible. And I, you know, I've only been doing this for training for what, two and a half weeks or something. And I can already tell my progress in just the short amount of time. You know, it's, it's very small. Like the person on the outside looking in can't see it, but I can see it and I can feel it. Now, and like, you know, when you tell me with like the run slowing thing, like I, so my background in running is none. I didn't, I don't, I didn't run, you know, I would go on like mile runs. Actually the longest run I've ever done. I just did, uh, last week 
and it was four miles and I've never ran over three miles in my life. So I can't I wait till you ran. get up. I can't wait till you get up here because whatever that distance is, we're going to run double it. <laughs> oh shit. I'm going to tell um, you to leave your GPS in your pocket and I'm just going to go out like eight miles and turn around and come back and you're going to get back. Like, what was that? Like nine. I'm going to be like, no, dude, that was like 16. Oh my God. Well, it's, I'll say it, dude. It's, it's been a new, like, this is like, I can tell this is a new chapter in my life. Um, and this is something I've kind of always struggled with myself. So I've always looked at running as like a, a downer. Like, uh, so for me, I've always wanted to be like, you know, the, the kind of bulky type guy. And I always looked at running as like a, you know, a skinny man sport. Like I always looked at it like that. And I never really wanted to do it because I didn't want to be built like a runner. But as I've gotten to the game more, and as I've gotten more into this like community around running, running, I have noticed that there are still built guys who are running sub six mile mile pace marathons, you know, or maybe not six, maybe it's like sub eight or something. They're going sub three hours. Yes. And I'm looking at these dudes. I'm like, shit. I was like, well, shit, if they can do it, well, why can't I? I mean, cause like I'm, I'm a short guy. I'm five, eight, five, nine with sneakers on. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like 210 right now, but I probably like two, five, 205 to 215 is where I kind of like my, my gap. And so I'm not like the best body build for a runner, but I'm already seeing that improve. Like I can tell them I'm lighter on my feet now. I can tell I'm more relaxed. I can tell this, like the, the, the heart rate thing, like watching my heart rate that you told me, dude, it's improved. My run, like I look for, I got, I, so I didn't run today. Today, today was a, re- a rest day. I almost went for a run for the hell of it just because I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of nice. feel good right now. You yes. know what I mean? So like I see me kind of craving it. And then, so tomorrow is like a, uh, for the training, it's a cross training day. And I'm just going to, I'm going to run up to the gym, which is probably like maybe 0.7, maybe a mile. I don't know exactly. It's probably a mile. I'm going to run up to the gym. I'm doing back and by is just kind of like keep that like muscle tone and I'm going to run back. So it may be end up being, you know, a mile and a half run, but it's going to be a nice slow job because then I got my four miles on Sunday and that's, you know, it should be fine just because of the slower pace and whatnot. But, um, I'm telling you dude, like the, this training concept, the, the, the community is a big thing. So yeah, like the community cool. I'm finding on Instagram, oh dude, it's kick ass. I mean, like, I haven't really like dived in and started like being a part of it, but just like, I've been a kind of like a, like a fly on the wall. Right. Like I've just been kind of like sticking my head and like, what's going on over here? And dude, it's, it's motivating. And now I'm seeing these guys do these races and like the Boston marathon just happened. So I was like watching all the dudes that just start, recently started following running their Boston marathon. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, man. I'm like, this is kind of like motivating. Like why can't it's the same thing dude, with like money. So like you go back and you see these guys when I was like 23, 22, 24, and I'm like getting into the real world, you know, I graduated college and I'm seeing these young guys who are like being super successful at, you know, you know, mid thirties, young, young forties. And I was like, well, shit. I was like, if these guys are doing it, I got to figure out how to do this. I'm, you know, I got, luckily I'm figuring this out at 23, 24. How can I get, how can I make this happen? So now I'm seeing my younger JJ self when it comes to like managing money and finances now I'm seeing myself kind of like as the newbie in this new community. And it's all, it's just opened up a whole new like world for me. And I'm like this little giddy schoolgirl like walking in on the first day. And I'm like, Ooh, look at this. Look at that. I don't know, dude. It's, I, I don't know if you're going to tell my voice, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see like what I can do as a athlete myself. Cause I've coming from body, somebody who's never ran before, like more than three miles. And I see that dude. What's the dude that you 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 told me about this run three fifty miles this week? Andy Glaze. So like I've been really watching his videos, and I'm just like, like that dude's a whole nother side of an athlete. But still, like I tell myself, I'm like, man, what if I ran a hundred mile race? And I'm like, what if me and Brad did it together? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, it'd be so. It'd be I don't know. It's but I've never pictured myself as a runner. Oh, that's what I wanted to get back to. There was something I wanted to say with that. So I was, t- I was my dad and I talked quite a bit and my dad was a real big, like bodybuilder type guy growing up, um, in high school and, and like right out of high school and stuff. So that's kind of where I got the bodybuilding image from. Cause like growing up, you always want to do what your dad does and stuff. And that's kind of how I was always like, 
I was never really like a meathead type guy, but I was definitely like in college, I was in the gym five days a week. Um, so my dad even said the same thing. He's like, yeah, you know, you're doing this running thing and stuff. Like, you sure you kind of want to like, like do that? And he goes, I've never really been into the whole running thing. I was like, I go, dad, I get it. I said, but there's something about it. And I said, boy, and I mentioned the comment, like I said earlier about there's still, there's dudes who are running these fast marathons and they look better than I ever have in my life. You know, like Dude, I can Ad- say, I want to Adam be big Klink, and- who works for Nick Bear. He has a, I don't know who that is. uh, Nick, Bear. I know Nick bear. I know yeah. Nick bear. So yeah, Adam yeah. Clink is a okay. former CrossFitter or whatever, but he has a 500 plus deadlift followed by a sub five minute mile. Holy shit. See, that's like, that would be, oh, it'd be kick. I'll send dude. you that. You, that I'll send you that YouTube video. It is okay. Nice. But yeah, wow, dude, yeah, that's one of my favorite. You want to know my favorite thing so far? Definitely the community. It's it's more just like yeah. a, to switch up the community a little because we we have communities, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, it's just like that and the possibility for travel. Like my wife and I are sitting like almost building vacations about iconic races, or like like we're looking at uh, the marathon de, of Mont Blanc in Chamonix, France, and it's like we're looking and we, there's just so you can travel internationally, but like the fact that I've signed up for five big races this year, and we could talk about them in a second if you want, but like, I'm going to travel to three different States, two different mountain ranges and like parts of New York state I've never been to, you know? And like that, that to me has been really, really awesome. Like, cause I, I rode bikes and you ride bikes, you're either riding uphill, you're riding downhill, you're on your same bike seat every single day. It's The wind is either near your face or in your back. It, it's very, very straightforward. And the gym for me, 135 pounds usually feels like 135 pounds. A two-pood kettlebell generally feels like a two-pood kettlebell. Every other type of fitness I've ever done was got monotonous almost. We're like running... I have four different shoes that I run in and five different trails and the trail, depending on how long it's been rained on is different every single day. Now these trails that I've been running in all winter that have been all exposed, now they're all green. And it's like every single run is a, is a, is a brand new experience. And that's kind of what I've loved the most about. So that's something I've noticed is like every time I go out for a run, I can take a different turn. Yeah. You know, I can take a new turn. I'm like, Oh, I've never been here before. Or like I can go drive somewhere. I can go drive to the beach. And the the cool part, dude, is towards the end of training, um, for the half marathon, my runs are gonna are gonna. I was like trying to like measure stuff out. So some of the runs I'll be doing will be taking me. I'll be running to the beach. Nice. So I told Lindsay, I said, what we're gonna do is you pack up. The, we'll pack up the kids, and then have like the car ready. I said I'm gonna run. And then, you know, an hour later or whatever, she can take the car and the kids to the beach and I'll meet her at the beach Yeah. and I'll complete my run at the beach. And I'll just be like, go able to enjoy a, you know, a nice day at the beach after a eight, 10 mile run, whatever, whatever it is. Last week I was like, Tara, where's Avery's soccer game? And she told me where it was. And like, I know, oh, the, I, saw that on Strava. I know the, I know the area. So I'm like, Ooh, that might be a perfect distance away. And it was like nine miles. I was like, uh, are we good here? Cause I'm going to start now and meet you there. And Dang. Like, so cool. Ran to Irizaki. It was like, I mean, yeah, I'm getting skinnier, but it's still like you walk onto the soccer field, like all sweaty with your vest on. Like I would feel like an alpha if I didn't have my like three inch running shorts on and my big old pasty quads shining through. <sighs> Dude. So that's, that's like my biggest downfall with running and stuff right now is one is just my incompetence and un you know, I just don't know anything about it. Every run I do, I'm trying to learn something new, but, um, second would be like my gear. Like how I look right now is what I would go out for a run. Like I don't have like good gear and stuff. Like I have these bulky ass headphones I wear, you know, my, I get my, my nipples get real like, uh, chafed from running. So now I run my shirt off. Um, put band-aids on band-aids. Okay. That's a good idea. Uh, and then like, um, 
so like for example, like I, I bought new shoes. I was like thinking I did the good thing. Well, freaking got blisters on them because they're too skinny, the Hoka's. So I returned those today and I'm back in my Brooks and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, that's the thing is like, I hate being such a newbie in a new like area of life or like a new sport or whatever you want to call it. Cause I know nothing, dude. I feel like a child. I feel like a child who's just starting out something new and I hate not knowing it. And I like want to research as much as I can to learn, but it's what I've come to figure out though, is like a lot of this stuff is kind of like what works for you. You know, like you can get so many opinions, but I guess that's kind of like how investing in money is too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get all these opinions and stuff. You got to do what's best for you. But so I'm just kind of like, I'm like a deer in the headlights. I don't know which direction to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know really know. What, so I'm just taking it day by day. Dude, it is exactly like investing. Like you mm-hmm. can call me and say, Hey, uh, what running shoe should I buy? Yeah. And my answer has to be Jay. I have no idea, but here is the shoe that I wear. Right. And dude, that goes for everything. Like yeah. one goo pack company could make you shit your brains out. The other one could be the greatest thing you've ever put in your mouth. Some nutrition tastes awesome in the winter, all winter long. You, oh, you fall in love with it. And then it gets above 50 degrees in the springtime. And now it tastes awful when it's warm or different size. Dude, it's, it's an endless, not, and just when you think like something as simple as a season change. And that kind of hurt me in my 50 K as well, because the warmest day that I had run in was 50 degrees, the warmest. And I'm talking that was few and far between. And we hit spring hard while I was injured. So mm. on race day, when it was 70. Oh, you're kind of like, oh, shit. Dude, I went from drinking a liter of fluid every 15 miles to a liter of fluid every five miles. So I, I was short like 60% water. And what that did now my salts are off. So now I'm cramping and now I'm hung like things mm. like that, where it's like people look at like a marathon training program and they look at those Saturdays, they go right to Saturday. Kind of like when people like want to buy something of high quality, they just look at the price tag and they're like, I'm just going to look at the price tag, but you don't think about why Right. you look at a marathon program and you see those 16, 17, 18 mile long runs start to build at the end of the program. And you're like, F that, like, I'm never Mm going to do that. And you realize that long runs have nothing to do with like training, how fast you go. The long runs are learning how to be on your feet moving for that amount of time. So it's like, that's when you learn what chafes your nipples. That's where you learn. What can I eat after two hours? What can I eat after three hours? Because awesome sauce, which is my favorite gel right now, after like three of them, which is like almost three hours, I can't my I can't have another one. It's my mm. favorite flavor. I can have it any time, but I know now that after three hours, my body's going to reject that, and I have to switch to brand, uh, banana cranberry. It, it's just like those mm. are the. So now when I'm looking at this hundred block, I see runs out there that are 40, 50 miles as training runs, and I'm like, no way. But now I know it's more going to be like, hey. We're going to pick a spot 25 miles away. We're going to get there and we're going to learn all the things that's terrible. And then we're just going to run home and and, and figure yeah. out what else, you know? And yeah. you know what I want to do, dude, is, and again, so two things on this. So I'm going to switch something up here in a second. I want to open up like a, uh, I want to do like a, like a running channel or like a focus. You like JJ a, runs. No, 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 no. I'm talking about on the discord. Oh, okay. For the podcast. Like I want to have like a running focused channel or like how to's or tips for myself, but also for listeners out there who maybe stumble upon us now about with kind of where we're taking the podcast. Um, I think I want to do some stuff. I think we We do have have like a fitness search. Yeah. But I want like a a running focus one. Um, So speaking of that, we haven't really announced this yet. I did a little story on our Instagram um, I don't think it's like a hundred percent concrete set in stone yet, but Brad and I have done some talking and we've decided like with this recent break we've had in the podcast, where we're at in our life, what we've got going on, we've kind of wanted to rebrand the podcast a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be just solely money focused. We're still going to be talking about money. 
we're still going to be talking about investing and, you know, real estate and, you know, different stuff we're doing and having guests and stuff on here. But there's so much more to Brad and I, and there's so much more to just kind of what we want to talk about on a daily basis that we feel like whenever it's been brought up in the past, when we were a money only focused podcast, where we got a lot of comments about, you know, from new stuff like the sobriety or or taking breaks of, of alcohol to the running programs and what we're doing and the races we're doing to, you know, family life, being a dad and how we handle certain things. Like Brad may handle something different than me. And just like voicing our opinions on that is how we raise our children. We've gotten comments and, and, and things like that from, from you listeners saying, Oh guys, we, we, I really liked that episode when you talked about X, Y, Z. So Brad and I, one, we do this podcast cause we love it. Like we don't really make, you know, money from this thing. Um, so it's more of a, a like a hobby of ours. It'd be great to be a full-fledged business and Brad and I can like, you know, be able to travel and focus and do this and meetups and all that. Um, you know, maybe one day. But right now it's just we got to go where our hearts are and I think Brad and I both kind of determined that we want to talk about with this being a hobby of ours, we want to change it and talk about stuff that works for us and that we like to talk about. And just being stuck on one topic which is money right now, it just that wasn't where we, we, we always saw our stuff ourselves, like, you know, going out a different direction, going on a different tangent. I was like, screw it. Like yeah. we should be able to do that and be okay with it. So we've been talking about like rebranding the podcast, like not even being average money anymore. We're going to be something different. We have a name. I don't know if it's 100%, but I think it's maybe for sure. We're still kind of going back and forth on it. If you guys have names, let us know. Send us something on Instagram or whatever. If you are, you, are, you t- are you gonna tell them or no? Uh yeah, I can I'll say it. I don't know if it's gonna be the one, but so far it's been, you know, kind of like our go-to. But so what we're thinking about naming rebranding the podcast to is push through. And the reason we came up that or how we came up with that is it kind of relates to everything in life. You know, when you're a dad, there's times you struggle and you gotta push through. When you're out there running a four mile run like me or a 30 or 50 mile run like Brad, you struggle and there's times you got to push through. When you're going through money issues with you and the wife, or you're having an investing mishap or something's going wrong with your money, there's times you got to buckle up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and push through. And then whenever you're a family man or a dad or everything that relates to in life, there's always struggles. Like life is tough, life's hard. And Brad and I have been through some shit. You guys have been through some shit. But typically, all the time, you can push through whatever you're going through, whatever stress you may have in your life, whatever problems you may have in your life. When you can push through and get through that, that's kind of how we came up with it. You know, so I'm not sure if that's 100% what the podcast is going to be called, but that's the 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 area we're leaning to. And then that kind of just umbrellas everything that we we like to discuss: family, fitness, running. I feel like running is going to take a big toll on kind of like what we're doing right now, just because that's the time of life we're in, Um, you know, money. I don't know if I've said these already, but just kind of everything under the sun living life really dude. Like that's what it comes down to. And you said like, that's what this time in our life is like happening. So that's what we focus on. And I think that was another thing, like our money position, like the, how we feel about money never really evolves. I mean, do we learn new things? Yes, but we are old school value investors and Mm -hmm. it got to the point where we kind of had said what we needed to say and we couldn't evolve. And if we did want to evolve, we'd have to go against who we were. The reason this podcast didn't really grow is because we didn't talk crypto. The reason Mm -hmm. this didn't grow is because we didn't talk high tech stocks. The reason yeah. it didn't grow is because we didn't talk about NFTs. We were on YouTube. We knew how we could have made the channel go viral but this, like you mentioned, has always been a creative outlet for us. It's always been like our little like Prozac. And yeah, like mm-hmm. as far as like the name, like, yeah, like Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle is the way. That's really, I, I want it to be about the obstacles that we face. And I also knew that we teach on YouTube, right? And we have to follow such strict rules and analytics and editing and, you know, this is an opportunity for the people that we do teach and the communities that we have built to hear that realness or, you know, hear that you, you involve this way or the other way or, or that 
money, having your money right can make you better in life. We want to talk about the ways our, our lives are better because we've been good with money. We want to talk about why our investing strategies are better because we've made certain changes emotionally and psychologically. And we, yeah, we just, we always felt pigeonholed and we thought yeah. that, and we also, we, at least for me, like I had a little bit of an identity crisis where I was like, I'm only, I'm Brad Finn finance. That's it. That's what, that's what I'm credible enough to talk about. And it wasn't until we like get off the call and we'd give each other advice back and forth about certain things. And it was more like, wow, I, I've also had a lot of life experiences and I want to talk about those. As I mentioned earlier with the sobriety thing, like I've, I've gotten to where I'm at right now and the major changes that I've made over the last year because I knew the people that were there to support me to clap for me when I win. Like I knew that those people were out there and I would talk to others and be like, or they'd hear something I was doing that. I didn't know you were doing that. I didn't know you were mm -hmm. doing that. And way back our first or second guest, John Scholler, he's like, everybody should be knowing what you're doing. You know, that's like the meme about CrossFitters and cold plungers and vegans. Like everybody should know what, that's how things grow. And I think we had a lot of conversations about how we want to help people grow in more personal ways as well, because you've seen me at my worst and my best in the five years that we've known each other, you know, mm -hmm. and we've been able to talk our way through our relationship out of good things and bad things. And I yeah. called you, you talked me into buying a $7,500 air conditioner the other day because it was the right thing to do. And I needed to hear, I needed you to hear, I needed to hear yeah. you say it, you know, and whether it's running or whatever it is, we just want to, yep. we want people to know that when you watch our YouTube videos, we're trying to make, help you make a couple bucks. And, um, but on here, we want you to know that, you know, we're, we're not perfect and we're pushing through the same things you are, you know, we're sure. We went from, you know, our first slogan was like average money, uh, you know, above average guys doing above average things with money or something like yeah. that. And it's, it, it doesn't have to be with money. You know, we can just, you know, we can be there for one another. Cause I'm, yeah, getting I'm, old, I'm getting older. I'm getting less friends. So I want it, the friends I do have. I want them to be the shit. Well, shit. So it gets worse. I've never had many friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it gets worse. Oh, no. It gets worse. Oh, man. Oh, and then man. you do something well, extreme like stopping drinking when yeah, whole, no shit. your whole identity has been built around a brewery for years. And uh, oh, no. a good way to get rid of some friends. But I'm okay. Yeah. Well, I'm happier. I, I, for sure, dude. And I'm excited to see like the future of the podcast and the new listeners that come in that stumble upon from finding us through search of like a certain episode or you know, maybe someone's typing in uh, sobriety or maybe someone's typing in first marathon and they kind of relate with me on never being a runner or, you know, with you on whatever it may be. I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where, what route this takes, but also to not be so, like you said, pigeonholed on one subject where that was, that was also a determining factor on why we stopped kind yeah. of recordings because we just didn't have anything else to say. Like it felt forced. You know, like it if, did. If, if you've heard our last three episodes, you know that it wasn't scripted. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah, it feels natural. It does. Dude, and like it also so, opens up we can have like different guests too. Like you were talking about was, Andy Glaze. Dude, I was I'm, literally just about to say that. I'm gonna get Andy Glaze. We're gonna we're gonna bring on this guy that's run a hundred miles a week or more for the last one hundred and sixty three weeks in a row. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to be like, dude, I got, I want to hear what it's like to do that as a 45 year old dude with a family yeah. in California. He's a fireman, you know, like, and we, we can just bring in people everywhere, you know? Yeah. It'd be cool. I'm excited. So stay tuned. I mean, we're going to see what the, uh, we talked about how we, we made a schedule. So we're going to post every Monday now. Mm -hmm. We're going to record Wednesdays, post on Monday. So next time we, we didn't talk about money. We have like we have our option strategy at last on the list. Oh if we, yeah! If we didn't get, but we we've we've now on for an hour and change, and uh, you know, so we if we open the options wheel right now, it's going to be a three hour episode, and we're going to yeah. we're going to record on Wednesday, and that's good because it's the end of the month, so we'll be able to talk about um, how we did in April and how we're doing mm. for the year, and uh, maybe some stocks that we're wheeling and things like that. Talk, Sounds good, man. Talk a little more investing on Monday. 
Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining in. And as JJ mentioned, we are pretty much self-supported except for our Patreons. It's a very, very easy, inexpensive way just to say thank you and getting it direct uh, access to us in the Discord. Um, If you're a dividend trader, guys, JJ owns an awesome dividend tracking company. Uh, You can check out my affiliate link if you'd like to try that out. And if you're into (laughs) the wheel and you like reading, I got a book on trading the wheel strategy over there on Amazon. So if you check those three, that's three awesome ways. Um, we'll talk again before I race again. My next race is June 16th and it is a race like most people have never, ever done before too. So I'm excited to talk about that. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited to see it and watch it. And, um, yeah, dude, that's all I got. I don't have anything else to add. I guess we'll, we'll, uh, post this on Monday and then Wednesday we'll record uh, another episode. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We're back. We're back.